All right, all right. Yeah, welcome to Band Central Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes those of us that are involved with charity feel frustration that our efforts are not worth a hill of beans. You know, we want to have an impact on our community, yet we look at the size and complexity of the problems around us, things like climate change, health crises, immigrant care, inequalities in education, domestic abuse, and we feel anger or sorrow that the work we're doing to make the world a better place is unlikely to truly change things. And usually after wallowing in resignation for a bit, we recognize this, that's not healthy nor productive, and we get back to work. Well, one remedy that I have found is to look at things with a fresh perspective, which I found in reading Tom Brown's book, Guide to Healing the Earth, a perspective that's used by indigenous peoples from the Americas called the Sacred Order of Survival. This book by Tom Brown explores what we can do when we change our mindset to being caretakers and how much each act of caretaking, no matter how small, makes a real impact on the world. Hey, I'm Rob Freed, and welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast from 12 to 1, the fourth Monday of every month, right here on WPKN and on your audio device of choice anytime you want to listen via WPKN Podcasts on the podcast app. This is a show where we reach into the nonprofit community. We get executive directors to come on, talk about their mission, and we get local musicians to come on and talk about their music and the local scene. And we call it Funlanthropy. It's where philanthropy meets music and fun. What, what could be better than that? We got a great show here over the next 55 minutes. We got singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur John Torres here in the studio. Hey, John. Hey, how are you? Good, man. We're going to have an interview with John, and we're going to perform a song together. And we've also got Dave Sigworth from the Maritime Aquarium. And we have WPKN's very own general manager, Steve DiCostanzo, here in the studio. Hey, hey Rob. Steve. How you doing? Good to see you. Good, man. John, good to see you, too. You, too. Uh... You know, this caretaker view that I was talking about, it's based on this idea that you start to see that we're actually all connected as people. We're all connected to nature. And you get you start to see from reading this Tom Brown book um, this, <clears throat> that every act of caretaking we do from supporting homes for adults that have disabilities or mentoring inner city school kids or even you know buying doggy treats from young adults that have development disabilities it sends out this ring of positive energy to the world and you know i view us as caretakers of connecticut and if we act that way you know, our collective impact will be strong enough to change the direction of these these harmful forces that we seek to change right here in Connecticut. And that's really the collective power that, that Band Central creates a platform around with music and giving so we can make Connecticut a, a good place for, for ourselves, for our children, and, uh, and our children's children. Right. So some real beautiful examples of caretaking occurred this past week. We played a couple of Motown and, sh and soul shows, one at Fairfield uh, Theater Company for CLASP and another for Children's Learning Center in Stamford. And a lot of money was raised this past week and we had a lot of fun. And uh, it brought the total that Band Central has raised for nonprofits in the past 17 years to $4.7 million. Wow, congratulations. That's, that's fabulous. Thanks, man. Yeah. And we'll, uh... So, Steve, you know, with this idea of we don't have to be huge about everything, let's talk a little bit about WPKN and how, how does PKN support people being caretakers? And, and what are some of the exciting things we have going on here at the station? Well, I'm up to my eyeballs with uh, construction, uh, as is uh, John. In fact, the last time I saw John was this weekend. He was running across Fairfield Avenue with a with a drill gun, uh, you know, across from Park Park City uh, Music Hall, which that's is actually uh, that's the key. That's yeah, the key to the front door. That is okay. <laughs> Impact driver. So yeah, good things are happening. You know, we actually have some specific dates in mind now for our, our move. Uh, we're going to be moving officially on November uh, 16th. That's a Tuesday. So we're going to have a press conference at 1030 with some media. 
And then at 4 o'clock, if everything goes according to plan, we're actually going to switch from this studio to our new studio in downtown so in this, this Square. studio that we refer to is right here at University of Bridgeport yeah. campus where we've been for 50 years. Yeah, almost yeah, almost 60 years almost now. 60 Isn't that years. It's incredible? So and we're moving right down into Bijou Square, right above the Bijou Theater. Yeah, very exciting. So uh, but coming back to your question about caretaking and you know, obviously we're we're very well known for music and and uh, but we also we we really are I think we also want to be known for our our, our talk based shows, uh, our community shows, that invites um, you know a lot of stakeholders in our communities uh, that we serve to come on and, and talk about you know their uh, their mission statements and, and what they're working on. And a, a couple come to mind because, for example, the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County, we we've been uh, uh, allowing them use of the airwaves with FC Buzz, which is a complete community calendar, really, that is, we've been doing that for at least four or five years now. Uh, we're really proud to do that. We've got shows like uh, What's Happening in New Haven, which uh, looks at one of our other big markets, and it's been on hiatus, and, but we're, we're trying to get, actually, we've, we've brought in a new uh, programmer that looks like they're going to handle some of the New Haven market and also what's happening in Bridgeport as well, East End Inc. and North Fork Works, so that we have to also caretake uh, uh, some of our communities out there in Suffolk County. So it's it's not just Bridgeport, but we we have a pretty wide footprint. So, um, but that, those are those are shows that you know, and even our own website, our community calendar, which is put together uh, and and managed by Pete Stewart. There's a lot of good good things that we list that you can either listen to. You know, at the five minutes to the hour, there's always a series of public service announcements where you can hear about things going on. You can also go to WPKN.org and get directed to some sites where, you know, if you're, if you want to help more, you feel like you want to contribute, but you're not sure you can really find some nice niches, whether it's, you know, helping orphaned animals heal or picking up garbage on the beach or, or, you know, Really, anything. It's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of our mission as a community radio station to to make sure that you know we can provide uh, a lot of information and act, act as a clearinghouse for a lot of these ideas. Well, we got a big gala coming up for WPKN oh, too. Let's take you, a minute it, on that. It is it is so exciting. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, we've ever had the word gala linked with WPKN before. It's a new it's a new world for us it, it, to some extent, but it's a it's a world premiere, and we're so proud that we're actually going to be able to host it. It's going to be at the Bijou Theater. Uh, it is a, a performance piece by a Guggenheim fellow by the name of Jin Hee Kim, and she is a traditional Korean musician, but also she's branched into avant-garde performance pieces. And this is actually something that she's calling a purification ritual for COVID-19. It's a, it's a heavy topic, but it's an absolutely beautiful uh, multimedia presentation with film, with, with photographs, and even with some uh, you know, dramatic uh, involvement with, with volunteers from WPKN. And, of course, some music that Jin Hee has composed. So that's going to be on Friday, November 19th. Uh, so we have the, some VIP gala tickets. You can go to the Bijou Theater or our website and get some information. The, the, the VIP tickets are uh, basically uh, involve a pre-party, the, the concert itself, and a post-party. Uh, there are also some general admission tickets as well, but we've sold more than half of the uh, tickets already, and uh, we have barely done really any marketing at this point. So uh, it's it's going to be a very special evening. It's our grand opening, right? So, so it's a great way to support WPKN. It's a great way to see the Bijou and the new spot where PKN correct. is located. And it is going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be fun. We've got Little Pub doing some of the food catering. Uh, Mianetto Mia is going to be involved. Uh, also, uh, Berlinetta Brewing Company and Fountainhead. So, uh, Fountainhead Wines and Oryx. So, it's going to be a, a wonderful grand opening. I hope, I hope some of you can make it. Great. Well, hey, let's take a break here, and we're going to listen to a song called Ships in the Dark, which is a song by our next, get, next guest's band, Colorfields. And we will be right back to talk with John Torres.
was great that was ships in the dark by color fields hey let me take a minute and uh on band central band central the organization that i founded about 17 years ago believes that when people experience music especially when it's performed to benefit good causes their lives become more enjoyable and they feel a strong urge to give generously and be useful to others You know, it's a wonderful thing when we can lose ourselves so completely in the flood of music, which can then move our consciousness into a strong desire to share. At Band Central, we do this by presenting themed concerts that allow audiences to help local nonprofits. In 2021, we help nonprofits raise about $450,000, and we have a foundation called the Band Central Fund where we gave grants of $62,000. Um, we took in about 113000 into our fund as donations. And guess what, John? We paid local musicians $25,000 this year. Nice. Right? And so our total raise since inception is $4.7 million. And awesome. um, I, I found out this summer that um, I and we were nominated for a humanitarian award. So I'm actually honored to be the 2021 recipient of Moffley Media's Light of Fire Award. 
Very um, cool. And that's for our support. Well, it's interesting because we're not the we're not the hero. The heroes are the nonprofits, sure, and we're sure. just there trying to help them. But I really want to thank our band central team of Andy Cadison, Paula Murphy. Audrey Naforis for their love and their hard work. So stay tuned for more about that because we'll be releasing information about our winter and spring tour schedule as well as some releases. And you can always visit experiencebandcentral.com to get a playlist of today's show, to sign up for our monthly newsletter, get our tour dates, and uh, you know, follow us uh, on Facebook at Exper- uh, Experience Band Central. It is now with great pleasure that I reintroduce John Torres. So you got a guy right here. He's from Bridgeport. He lives in Bridgeport. He studied art and art history at Carleton College and came back to Connecticut. And he's a singer-songwriter. Um, I I got to know him through Ocasius and also through a current project that he's involved with, uh, Color Fields. And it's kind of interesting. John has played at the Acoustic Cafe since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many of our WPKN listeners know the Acoustic was a place that was always about giving local musicians a stage and a voice. And during COVID, rather than let the acoustic become a COVID-19 casualty, the acoustic approached the Torres family, who then stepped in and purchased it. So there's this new venue that John has been working furiously to get into shape, and it's going to be called the Park City Music Hall. Mm -hmm. And it's going to attract regional and national names. And, you know, really importantly, Steve, keep uh, BlackRock as one of these treasures of Connecticut. You know, Mm -hmm. like a little Brooklyn right here in Connecticut. Yay. (laughs) So uh, before I finish, Color Fields is this collaboration between John and our good friend Scott Packham, which is kind of this indie pop styling that you just heard. But it's got this blend of all these influences that these guys have, which is R&B, rock, soul, EDM into their own sound. And I I finally want to mention, I, I have had the pleasure also to perform with John a couple times at some of our band central shows. And it's totally a blast because he, he really is uh, an artist. John, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. John, so why why did you get involved with guitar and voice why not piccolo or well i'm gonna i'm gonna really embarrass myself here but um my first uh like the first time that i heard music and it moved me to to realize that i wanted to move in that direction was well actually this is the second the first is even is even more embarrassing but dave matthews band i first heard crash crash into me that record it just floored me back then in 94 or whatever it was so i was like 11 years old and i was like oh my gosh music is incredible and at that point i was just really into sports and other um other things like that um so that was the first thing. I've kind of moved on from that influence, but still, I have to credit to it. Uh, give, give credit to Dave Matthews, uh, as basic of a Connecticut bro thing that that is. And, mm-hmm. and then later on in life, uh, not even later on in life, later on in my teens, my sister was getting piano lessons, and uh, and I just kept poking my head in, poking my head in, and my mom was like, "Do you want piano lessons?" So I started uh, right then, and, and my sisters kind of fell do you off. Remember who, kept, do you remember who you studied? Oh with? gosh, no, no, no uh-huh. I don't. Crowley, Crowley. Her Crowley. last name was Crowley, and her daughter's actually a, uh, something somewhat famous, uh, or she she got signed to something. But anyway, mm. the, it was her mother that was teaching us, and I didn't stick with it for very long because Dave Matthews played guitar. So I went into the, you know moved on to that. Um, I later kind of got really into like you know the, the the jam bands and Fish and Grateful Dead and all of that. And then I sort of in my teens, um, I'm sorry, my my twenties moved into like a really indie rock. I I love early aughts indie rock. You know, Spoon and. Um, Broken social scene, those kinds mm. of bands. Um, anyways, and now I've, I'm just a total melange of all the things, all my influences, and that's what color fields kind of end up being, is, is just sort of a, a collect, like there's no bad answer, you know, there's no bad influence that we uh, would shun. <clears throat> who, who are some of your favorite guitarists that, that you know, kind of when you were learning guitar, um, that you mentioned Dave Matthews, and yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing he does, but any, anybody really else that... That kind of really got you to want to play and learn how to learn yeah. learn the instrument. Sure, and I think uh, you know I, I kind of really took it more seriously later on. Um, and, and guitarists that I really like are, are um, Derek Trucks is one of my favorite guitar players, especially for his slide mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. I love the you know um, 
Sonic Youth, the uh, uh, Thurgood, what's his name? Those two, the way that they play is incredible, and that that influenced me a lot. Mm. Um, um, who else? I mean, I don't well, know. these are some good ideas. Like also for you know, because everybody can then go back and check out some of the. You're, you sure, give people sure. some some roots, you know. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm uh, Santana. Uh, I love the way Santana plays. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I can't tell and you. And how about, how would you answer that question? You have such a unique vocal delivery. Um, Thanks. Where, where did, would you say that, you know, it, it doesn't sound like you're trying to be anybody. It sounds like you really just uh, go very internal, you know, my experience of you. Uh, how, where do you get that from? I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I never, I didn't have any classical training on anything. So it's all just like, uh, this is how I thought to do it or or you know it's really just kind of digging deep and trying stuff out i i don't i don't have like any uh good answer for why i do it the way i do um same thing with guitar that's why i'm pretty bad at like telling you like here's who i've like st- i, I kind of just make well, it up you know that also I'm, I'm explains all so that also explains why your partnership with scott packham is so productive mm-hmm. because scott uh, exactly. He's Scott's, so musically he's sound. He's opposite, educated right. and he's he also has such huge ears mm-hmm. and he can play any style. Uh, so it really you guys intuiting together, I'm sure, is really. Yep, absolutely. And that, that uh, we talk about that all the time. He kind of like we we sort of have really a really complementary talents or skill sets. Like he's extremely educated and he's got a, you know, a, a, a master's in music and. And then on the other side, you've got me, who I'm incredibly just intuitive. Like I know what I like, and I know what I, uh, what what sounds good. And I'll just kind of he'll just show me twenty different you know reharmonizations of a, of a chord pro- pro- uh, progression, and I'm j- I just kind of listening. I'm not thinking about it in terms of math or you know the way that he yeah that he yeah, is. yeah exactly. Um, and you're, then you're finally more... he hits on something. I'm like that's the one. And he you know we obviously he also has an opinion, so it's not like he's just like shuffling and then he settles on whatever I say. He, we have. A back and forth on that, so it's it's really great to work. But with you're, Scott. you're ultimately a feel player, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't have any other option because I have no other. <laughs> I don't have anything to fall back on. Although that's you know, working with Scott has also been incredible because I learned so much through playing with him, um, and just like he'll he'll every now and then he'll stop and sort of educate me on why he's doing what he's doing, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know. The other thing to note about color fields is I know I played the audio, but the you, you're doing a lot with video, and I yeah. and, and I and maybe you could talk a little about that because um, you know your, your background's in art and art history. I think you're you're thinking much more expansively about presenting your art. Yeah, so I I, I, I majored in art at, at Carleton College. I took a lot of art history, didn't end up majoring, but I, I really was, if if I had come to it a little earlier, I would definitely would have because I just in studying art history, I I I, I it really helped me to sort of develop what I was going to do with my art you know background, and graphic design um, is something that I fell into um, randomly. I actually. Um, I, I'm not, again self-taught in that, but uh, I started doing graphic design about eight years ago, maybe, and um, ever since, just been sort of. I started as a uh, just just kind of dabbling, and then I d- sort of rolled that into a freelance career. Um, and I'm obviously now going to be the general manager of Park City Music Hall, but that doesn't mean that I've stopped. You know, I'm, so I've done our logo for that. I've done a, and then for color fields, of course, I do all of our video. I do all of our branding, all of any social posts, all of that. Um, it's a real great strength to have as yeah, sure. as an artist, um, and we we see that with some of our other artists, um, our mutual friends like Rick yep. Reyes or mm-hmm. Fuzz that that also dabble in realizing you've got to present things visually. Sure. Um, yeah, and that's you know just to not to change subjects, but with Park City Music Hall, I think part of what Will Vega, the previous owner and a really good friend of mine, when he approached us, he he kind of saw that we had this full package that is so helpful. For example, I'm a musician and a graphic design and social media marketing person. My parents have this amazing business called Harborview Market, as you probably know, and my mom, mother's an accomplished high end caterer. My father is an incredible craftsman, carpenter, everything. He he can do anything. Um, and then my brother's an amazing photographer. My 
my sister is is a, she actually graduated from the same college that I did. She's hmm. working with us as well. So we had this like package, and uh, whether it's a music hall that you're starting or a band, having that sort of ancillary talent of or skill like like graphic design or social media idea or writing even just 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 copywriting is really really helpful so yeah let's talk a little bit about park city music hall because it's really opening now it's just you know things are just starting so uh, what's the vision and then give us a little timeline of what's going on between now and the holidays and and maybe you know how people can sort of check out some of the the uh, acts you have coming in sure so um the vision for it, uh, the acoustic is a place that was really dear to my heart. I, 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 it's many of my memories were were, the, were there of my you know teens, twenties, and even into my early thirties, and uh, I, I I love it very dearly. In fact, in two thousand fourteen, when they were when Will purchased it, I redid their logo for them. So um, I've been involved. We did a sign for them, all, all kinds of things through the years where I've been collaborating with them or working for them. Um, and when they were closing, I. I you know, when Will was trying to sort of get out of it, sort of, he wanted to sort of transition into a more t- normal nine to five kind of job. We worked together to find a way that we could take it over. We finally did. And things that I wanted to sort of modify or improve were I wanted there to be food. I wanted there to be, um, uh, I wanted to move the stage to the back again so that it was a sort of a warm, well lit, inviting place. And uh, we just wanted to really make the bar something, you know, have have a really high end, you know, drinking experience, and 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 also, but also make sure that the, the working man, the blue collar uh, musicians, and whomever else can come in and have a have a nice drink as well. Um, so, and it's, we also want, just want to make it the kind of place you'd want to be, even if there's not music. So we're going to have brunch several days a week, if not five five or six days a week. Well, you know, it, it says a little something about Black Rock, yeah, as the type of place that could support this, you know, that's got retirees. It's got, it, it, it's a little nest black rock in a way uh, with some other really good restaurants mm-hmm. of, you know, unique ethnic restaurants as well as some other music venues. So uh, it's part of an ecosystem, right? Sure. I think it played a really important role. The acoustic did for a long time and just, you know, if you if you put a if you have a national or regionally touring band that comes to BlackRock, that means that people from outside of BlackRock are aware of that person, and now they're going to descend on BlackRock, and that means that they're going to be aware of other businesses there. Beyond that, so now our capacity increases is has increased. We took over an adjacent business, which gave us another 500 square feet. We wow. added, We added bathrooms, so there's oh, now great. four stalls in the ladies' room and four in the men's room. We added emergency exits. All of this equals higher capacity, so our capacity is 300. That means on a show where we've got a, a, a really great, well-known person, it's a sellout crowd, 300 people from not necessarily BlackRock are descending on BlackRock, and I think that's a really good thing for the surrounding businesses and things like that. And we've been told as much by, by the other businesses. We're really excited to join that community, and they've been super welcoming. So, yeah. Yeah, super, super. And um, so, you know, let's, let's – uh, why don't you wrap up by just telling – how can people – find out more about you like website social media sure how how can they uh you know i i think we all want to check out park city music hall mm-hmm. you know give us a quick little tour of how we can sure so parkcitymusichall.com is our main website that has all of our sh- uh currently announced shows and when do they start uh, Eleven twenty is our kickoff with Marble Eyes, which is a kind of a super group members of Kung Fu, uh Pink Talking Fish, Indobox. So i just want to say yeah. 1119 WPKN Gala oh, at yeah. the Bijou th- at the Bijou Theater, eleven twenty, right over to Park City, you know, Music Hall. That's pretty cool. super yeah. super duper weekend. Glad we didn't. And in fact, you know, John, John, I just want to say here here one, on two, air, you know, I know you're going to have a busy schedule, but yeah. one of the things we're thinking about is. Um, events that sort of support PKN that go over yeah. to, to, to Park City, you know, and kind of having some little we'll have thing where we, we have oh, a blast yeah. of that kind Definitely. of stuff. All right. So what are some of the other handles people can So we're pretty much on just Instagram and Facebook. We don't have a Twitter presence, but at Park City Music Hall on Instagram and backslash Park City Music Hall on Facebook. Um, and we're making great use of our social media at this point. So you'll stay very well in, in, uh, in the know if you follow us or like us. Um, and yeah, so like I said, there's a, the, the, the current calendar is up on our website and we're making announcements pretty much every day. We're, 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 uh, we're working with an amazing, uh, agent talent buyer named Aaron Case, who's just been grinding. So, uh, terrific. And then if you want to f- check out Colorfield's 
You can check. You can go to mm-hmm. at Colorfields Music on Instagram, Colorfields Music on Facebook, and ColorfieldsMusic.com. And then also YouTube, right? Sure. Oh yeah. Backslash Colorfields Music on YouTube is uh, yeah. So I, I highly recommend. The videos for some of the creativity. In fact, our very own general manager, Steve (laughs) DiCostanzo, has a leading role in one of John's videos. And I don't think we're going to say more. We want (laughs) to. But why don't you grab why don't you grab your guitar for a minute? I know you picked out a a a socially conscious song here for us to uh, play a little bit of. Yeah. All right. I think the last time I played this song was with you (laughs) on stage at one of our uh, Band Central gigs. All right, ready? I am. John Torre is there. We will be right back. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are listening to Band Central Radio right here on WPKN 89.5, WPKN.org. And, uh, wow, we just played For What It's Worth with uh, our good friend John Torres. Wow, John was amazing, huh? Yeah, that sounded great. 
And I think your uh, harmony was also dead on. So. Oh, man. Thank yeah, you. Sounded thank good. you. I, I think it was well balanced, and it's nice, always nice to hear that, that track. Cool. So Especially live. Now we've got uh, the reason we played um, We Can Change the World There by Graham Nash was that we've got a segment we call News of the Benevolent, Steve. And it spotlights causes or happenings in our community that are toward making the world a better place. And the information is gathered by our friends at Fairfield County's Community Foundation, FCCF. Yeah. And that's where the Band Central Fund is located. So ready? Number one, now is the time that many high school seniors in the region are applying to college. And so families are studying tuition plans and they're researching financial aid. Thankfully, FCCF has one of the largest college scholarship programs in Fairfield County, especially Mm. for students living in the greater Bridgeport area. So please visit FCCF's website to learn more at FCCFoundation.org. And if you're interested in helping more students be able to afford college, please also contact FCCF to consider establishing a new scholarship fund that would benefit their students or to give to one of FCCF's many existing scholarship funds. Pretty cool. Mm. Number two, autumn here in Connecticut is a really beautiful time to be outside, and FCCF has funded many important environmental projects which our fellow residents can now enjoy. One of their donor-advised funds recently gave a grant to the Norrock River Valley Trail, a regional beautiful walking trail. Um, FCCF has also been a member of the Long Island Sound Funders Collaborative, which supports conservation projects focused on another you know, regional treasure we have here, the Long Island Sound. And this collaborative has supported a really exciting initiative right here in Bridgeport called the Bridgeport Waterfront Pathway. Um, the Trust for Public Land Connecticut is leading this pacemaking project, which will build a new 20-mile pathway that skirts Bridgeport's, Bridgeport's rivers and shorelines and will connect Bridgeport residents to the water. So you can find out more about that by visiting www.tpl.org. Number three. You know, nonprofits sometimes need outside support to build their organizational capacity in areas like fundraising or strategic planning or even board governance. I'm sure you could relate to that, Steve. You know, WPKN itself is a nonprofit. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that, you know, nonprofits often turn to skilled nonprofit consultants for this help. So if you're involved with a nonprofit, if you're on the, the staff of a nonprofit, you should be aware that FCCF sponsors a growing nonprofit consultant network that is here to help nonprofits do just that. There are 50 local members of this network with lots of experience. So you can contact Karen Brown at FCCF to learn more. We will be right back. That is our news of the benevolent. We will be right back with a new segment we're going to call News of the Water. Stay with us. Let's continue on with a new segment we call News of the Water. Did you know that 97% of the Earth's water is salty seawater, and it's essentially unusable to us? And of the remaining 3%, 2% is locked up in the poles as ice. So of all of the water on the Earth... Only 1% of it is available to us for drinking agriculture uh, and the like. According to the U.S. EPA, total home water use in the U.S. is about 50 gallons a day per person. By contrast, SaveTheWaters.org reports that the average African family uses five gallons of water a day. Hmm. According to Aquarian uh, Water Company, the average U.S. home, three-quarters of the water that's used is used in the bathroom, and almost all of that water goes down the drain. 
Hmm, interesting. A little closer to home. Did you know that in March of 1988, Congress designated the Long Island Sound an estuary of national significance, and the Long Island Sound study became part of the EPA's National Estuary Program. The Sound generates more than $9 billion to our annual regional economy. That was in uh, $2,015, for those of you that are keeping track. And uh, there are some 23 million people that live within 50 miles of the Sound. So it is so important uh, for us to be caretakers for our water. And uh, to bring attention to conservation, Band Central has supported the Maritime Aquarium in Norwalk for the past few years. And now joining me is uh, Dave Sigworth. Dave, are you there? I am. How are you doing? Oh, good. Um, Dave is the publicist for the Maritime Aquarium at Norwalk, where he has worked since July of 1992. So as a publicist, he's responsible for getting the word out about the aquarium. And during his time, he has fed the seals, he's carried a sea turtle, and he has been inked by cuttlefish. So he is highly experienced. (laughs) (laughs) My proudest moment. (laughs) Aside from his knowledge about the Maritime's offerings, he, he spends a lot of time being current on issues affecting the Long Island Sound. So, you know, uh, I'd also mention that outside of the aquarium, I know that Dave has led this environmental educational program that's been offered to all fourth graders in Ridgefield, focusing on the Norwalk River and the, the Long Island Sound's watershed. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Great. I talk water. <laughs> hey, tell us. You know, before we get going, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you evolve to where you are today at the Maritime Aquarium? Well, so, I mean, I grew up in, speaking of water, I I grew up outside Cleveland in, um, you know, in the 60s and even earlier than that, you know, famously, um, you know, there were water issues there. The Cuyahoga River caught fire several times. Um, one of them made famous, of course, by Randy Newman in, in the song Burn On. But, and Lake Erie, uh, you know, had issues. And so, uh, you know, I sort of grew up around these issues. But I was also one of those kids, and this dates me a little bit. I was one of those kids who was watching, like, the Jacques Cousteau specials. And, the oh, yeah. you know, Disney had things on and uh, all, those, all those things. I just loved, loved, loved watching all that stuff. I always found it fascinating. Um, I didn't, like, pursue anything in a career necessarily. I actually went I uh, became a writer, a journalist. I, I worked at newspapers in Ohio, worked at, I came out here and worked for the New Haven Register for several years. And um, for personal reasons, my wife uh, was working in Stanford, the commute was hell, so we decided to move down this way. And I actually said to her, you know, the only thing, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, go from the second largest newspaper in Connecticut to a smaller paper in Fairfield County. I could see myself working as the publicist for the, that, you know, that aquarium in Norwalk. And literally, like two weeks later, there was an ad in the paper back in the day that, you know, they had ads and you found your job in newspapers. There was an ad in the paper for publicists for the Maritime Aquarium, and there was angel music, and uh, and I here I am now, almost thirty well, years that, later. That is a remarkable bit of synchronicity, <laughs> and also that that notion of about putting your intention out <laughs> to the universe, yes, exactly. and, and seeing what happens. Very cool. So um, yeah, so it's been great, and certainly you know Norwalk has changed the port. You know, one of the reasons the aquarium was here not just to uh, display animals, but it's, it's to inspire people to get excited about the animals in Long Island Sound. The Maritime Aquarium is one of the few aquariums in the country that really focuses on one body of water, and our focus is on Long Island Sound and trying to educate people about the animals out there and what they can do to support the animals. Uh, and, yeah. And so so that that leads nicely into you know tell us a little bit more about some of the exciting initiatives going on at the the maritime aquarium there's there's some construction and renovation going on and and um and then you know as part two maybe tell us a little bit about what you were saying about you know water sustainability and conservation what what are some of the things going on that that help bring attention to that well, I mean, everything we do here is focused on on uh, the animals in the sound. So, you know, we've had some expansion. We just opened up uh, our actually in um, you know in 33 years. Just this past summer, we opened the largest exhibit we've ever had, which is a whole new big seal exhibit for the harbor seals we display. Uh, a lot of people 
still over the years have not understood that there are seals in Long Island Sound. That's why that's the uh, ambassador animal in our logo. Um, it's uh, and, I, and it's a charismatic, almost dog-faced animal like that that's going to inspire people to take care of the sound. So we've, we've added that. We've added a new 4D movie theater that has to um, replace our IMAX movie theater, which is going to be closed because of our federal railroad bridge replacement project. Um, but those are the things you see when you come to the aquarium. There's so many other things that we're involved with, either conservation work, some research out in the sound, and education. You know, we are a leading environmental education uh, program for uh, the, the tri-state area, really. And we have so many um, programs with either direct involvement with specific schools, or uh, we run a, we run Norwalk's largest preschool, or help to run largest uh, preschool in Norwalk. And there's all these kinds of ways where we're trying to educate people about the animals and um, and then the sound itself in the watershed. Now, you guys were really busy during COVID providing a virtual uh, experience for people. Um, for people who can't make it down to the aquarium, is that are, are some of those videos and is that experience still available? They are. Um, it's going it's to be now, I think, it has proven to be so popular that I think it's going to have to be a, a, a permanent part of our educational offerings. And, but you're right. Uh, you know, we shut down and all the schools, you know, suddenly within a week in March of 2020, uh, teachers were caught uh, like, oh, my God, suddenly I have to do virtual learning and nothing but virtual learning. How am I going to present STEM education? And so within uh, we immediately, the, the day after we announced that we were closing, uh, which was the same time as the schools were, we met with our education team met with members of the Norwalk City Schools thinking, okay, here's, we, can, we can quickly pivot and prevent, uh, present some educational programs to you guys. And that expanded to, um, you know what, like, um, since our guests come, cannot come here, let's also offer just some family programs about seals and jellyfish and things like that. And the point where uh, our virtual programming has expanded to now, we've had 38,000 people uh, from 44 states and also five continents uh, tune into our educational program. We've done programming with uh, uh, American Sign Language. We've uh, presented programs uh, in Turkey and India, um, which required some, you know, translations and things. But, um, you know, people are still desperate for all this educational content about the, the oceans and the marine world, and we're excited to be able to present it, and I think we'll always will, even when we get back to normal. We're talking with Dave Sigworth from the Maritime Aquarium in Norwalk, where he is the publicist, and he's... He's telling us about why to go to the aquarium, but he's also explaining how the aquarium, Maritime Aquarium, is acting as, as a caretaker involved with the school system, but also providing content and educational information, you know, just by going to their website. So, uh, you know, I will mention to all of uh, our listeners that the Maritime Aquarium is a nonprofit organization that Band Central wholeheartedly supports for every, for all of their efforts and and uh, you know I uh, use this opportunity to draw attention to that um, how, how can people get involved in the Maritime Aquarium I you know one thing you mentioned is the the new seal exhibit which is just amazing to see and, and worth worth going for um, uh, how can people get involved Dave well, I, I'll answer, but I, you know, I just those, you know, I think it's worth saying. I hope, Rob, that like you know that partnership between the aquarium and Band Central was really fun. Like we had musicians come in and perform here and uh, uh, ocean-related songs in front of some of our exhibits, and uh, we used those not just for social media, but also it was on this huge giant video wall. Those those performances played here for months, and it was a really wonderful thing. So that was really fun for us. Um, to your question. How can people get involved? You know, there's so many ways. If you're uh, if you're at least 15 years old, uh, actually, I think 14 to 18 now, you can become a. Uh, we have a volunteer program called Echo, where you can get involved and uh, actually has like layers where you can become more involved and actually have like responsibilities, uh, sort of like the volunteer program where you um, when you come in and you meet the volunteers on the floor who are interpreting our our exhibits, sort of like a docent. Uh, there's a training period for adult volunteers. Those signups actually you just missed the fall signup for that for the fall training course, but you just watch our website under um, volunteer or, or, or join our team, I think is the tab at the top, and learn about when the next volunteer pr uh, training program is. It's a great way to, if you're excited about the marine world and want to learn more about it, we'll teach you all about that, and then you sort of interact with our guests and explain that sort of stuff. That's, so that sounds like but, fun, and you can meet some other people that are like-minded and, uh, and, you know, consistent with the theme of the show. 
just by going and doing some caretaking as a volunteer with the aquarium, you're sending out this concentric ring of positive energy that is is just affecting Connecticut as a whole. We, I, I think we have to hold on to that thought that it's it's yep. things that seem small are really impacted when we we have a collective energy behind them. You know. I got to tell you this, Rob. So our, our boat captain, you know, we, we have a research vessel. We'll take, we do public cruises. Uh, he was out over the weekend, and uh, there was a, uh, I guess there was like a, um, a, a tugboat or uh, pushing a barge out of out of Norwalk up the river out onto mm-hmm. the sound, and he had radioed our our boat captain saying that he was going to come past him, and he let our boat captain know what side he was going to go on, and that too oddly this little radio conversation, the tugboat guy remembered being coming to the Maritime Aquarium like I think in the 80s he said, and he he was telling our captain everything he remembered about the visit coming to the Maritime Aquarium, so like that stuff is just so lasting, it makes such an impression uh, on on some people who have never had a chance to see anything like this um, live. And even if you can't get out on the water, the fact that you can connect to these animals and get inspired from them. And who knows, maybe that led to this guy becoming a tugboat captain. But it's, it's that sort of connection you hear all the time here. Oh, my God, my kids, uh, we came here when my kids were young. Well, you don't have to, just, if you don't have young kids, you're still allowed to come here because it's still just a really fun, cool place. And well, you that's a really know cool. how inspired you're going to get from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The great story. And Dave, uh, in closing, could you, you know, Give us some of the uh, social media and website handles for for, uh, the Maritime Aquarium so people can get in touch. Sure. If you want to check out the virtual programs or anything that's going on here, it's just maritimeaquarium.org. And, uh, and also, it's, I think it's at, Marit- at uh, Maritime Aqua on some of our, fo- our social posts. But just a simple search will, will turn up. And not just that, but there's all sorts of citizen science programs you can get involved with in terms of horseshoe crab tagging or, or um, uh, ter- terrapin you know, uh, watching. There's all sorts of ways to get involved if you want to like, dabble in this little bit of marine and citizen science. All right. Well, hey, Dave, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to support the Maritime Aquarium in 2022. Take good care. Thanks, Rob. Wow. Well, you know, that's about it, Steve. It was a great, yeah, it was a great, good, a great good show. show. Went fast, yeah. very quick, and uh, um, good to have so many interesting guests on once again. Yeah, I want to want to say thank you to our guests, uh, John Torres, um, Dave Segworth from uh, Maritime Aquarium, also Steve DiCostanza, general manager here of PKN. Um, our next show is uh, Monday, November. Oh, boy, I don't have the date here. But it's the fourth Monday in November, and that's going to be our Thanksgiving show. I believe it's the 22nd. That'll feature uh, Andy Cattison. Let me also give a shout-out again to uh, the team at Band Central for helping to get everything going here. Audrey Neforis, Paula Murphy, and Andy Cattison. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.